It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today we've got an update for you on the Mackenzie Alexander story that is developing in Florida and what Lou Anarumo had to say in case he doesn't get back to the team in time for the start of the season as far as who might play slot cornerback. Lou Anarumo also talked about the linebackers, and there was a lot of motion for the Bengals in terms of injuries in today's practice, and we'll get you caught up on all the players that missed today's practice and are working their way back. That, of course, includes A.J. Green, who was back in practice today, and John Ross, who was a participant in 11-on-11 drills but had an injury scare of his own. We also get some comments from Jesse Bates, who joins the long line of Bengals players to praise Joe Burrow and have some specific characteristics that he was really fond of and and offered, again, some specific positive feedback for Joe Burrow that I'm excited to talk about. And we'll get into that in the final segment of the show. James, let's start by catching people up on what's actually happening down in Florida with Mackenzie Alexander and the search for his father. And then we'll get to the football ramifications for the Bengals later because that really is secondary to the primary story here, which is that Mackenzie Alexander's father still by all accounts is missing. Alexander was actually arrested late last night. He faces misdemeanor battery charges and was released on a $2,000 bond after an initial hearing today. And then he rejoined the authorities in the search for his father. The charges are related to an incident with Mackenzie Alexander and the last person that saw his father on a berry picking trip. And that's about all we know at this point. It's a weird, awful situation. You hope that one, Mackenzie finds his dad, Gene, and he's okay and healthy uh, and safe. And authorities are on the lookout. Apparently, there are multiple helicopters as a part of this search. It's, uh, you know, different vehicles trying to cover as much ground as possible. And, and hopefully, they're able to find him. Uh, as for the, the charges and the misdemeanor, Mackenzie Alexander allegedly confronted the man who saw his father last that we know of, at least. And uh, allegedly, again, I will say that. And it's just uh, it's a tough situation because I, I think a lot of us sympathize with Alexander in, you know, in that that he would want answers and he's looking for answers. Um, and, and you certainly hope that that it, this ends with um a, a peaceful resolution where Alexander's father is found safe. But it's uh, it's a tough situation, and it stinks for a variety of reasons, right? It's another distraction from the Bengals camp, and I know that's like 50th on the list, but that is a reality. And it's, uh, you know, Lou Anaruma had to answer a question about it today, Jesse Bates and uh, all these guys, Darius Phillips. And, 
These guys are going to have to step up from a football standpoint because you, it's not a, like an injury, right, Jake, where you know how long McKenzie's going to be out. You don't know. How long is this search going to be? How you know Until they hopefully find his dad safe and sound. Uh, we don't know that. So there's a lot of unknown here. And we haven't even gotten into the, the battery portion of this and, and what could happen from that. But he is he has been released and, and he is has joined authorities and his mother in search for his father. Yeah, obviously, priority A is the safety of Mackenzie Alexander's father. But we do need to talk about the other side of this, which is the football aspect for the Cincinnati Bengals. The football season marches on. And for the Bengals, it could be with or without Alexander following this news and whatever comes of this misdemeanor charge that I doubt will drum up too much, if any, punishment from the NFL. But that's something that we would have to keep an eye on uh, going forward for Alexander because that's an uncertainty. But for the Bengals, Lou Anarumo was asked, who else is playing the slot with Alexander now gone from the team, Trey Waynes? Of course, he's never a slot candidate, but somebody needs to play his snaps outside, and that's been Darius Phillips. But Luana Rimo did say that he's comfortable with Phillips in the slot, and in addition to him, they've seen Tony Brown, who they got from waivers from Green Bay, and Torrey McTire, who was with the team last year, taking slot snaps as well. But if Alexander and Waynes are both not going to be with this team for any portion of the season, that cornerback depth becomes very dicey. It does. And you, you wonder how long they can go with this group. And, and it really stems with a bunch of unknowns here involving Alexander. Because, look, I get banking on a guy like Darius Phillips to, to be your second corner or potentially third corner, depending on how you viewed Alexander, uh, who's obviously the starting nickel. But if you're banking on LaShawn Sims, who's primarily a special teamer, and Darius Phillips, who has never started and played 109 defensive snaps in 2019, that's a lot of unknown. On a defense that spent money to do what, Jake? Not have many unknowns. So that that part is scary. And uh, I would not be shocked at all if, if Alexander's absence is extended, and we have no idea at this point, then I wouldn't be shocked at all if they look and see what's available. Coming up next, we move into practice from today's training camp including Lou Anarumo talking to the media, Jesse Bates talking to the media, and Darius Phillips, all these guys on the defensive side of the ball today getting their chance to sit in front of the podium. Before that, today's show brought to you by Rock Auto, and James is very excited to tell you about his favorite thing to buy from Rock Auto, the thing that, man, James, how many many of these have you bought by now? And, And for how many different vehicles? Because I know you just got a new vehicle for yourself down in Cincinnati. And rockauto.com just made it so easy and affordable, just so convenient to get exactly what you needed. My new used 2014 Toyota Corolla, Jake, look, it needs certain things because that's what happens when you buy a six-year-old vehicle. Mm -hmm. One of those things is filters. I have a 2015 Honda Civic that my wife primarily drives. I had to change her filters And it's real simple to do. And I got them from rockauto.com a few months ago. Well, guess what? I get this Corolla, great MPGs. You want to keep the MPGs as high as possible? You keep your filters clean. There's an engine filter uh, underneath the hood. And then there's a cabin air filter that makes sure everything is great in your car. Well, they have them for every vehicle you can imagine at rockauto.com. And this is just one of the many, many parts. Makes models, over 300 models they have, Jake. Look, it's easy. 
I'm going to get my filters on Friday. Really easy to navigate the website. All you got to do right now, if you have any car needs at all, go to rockauto.com, see the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Bengals practiced again on Wednesday and some notable players were on the rehab field or weren't even on the field in Joe Mixon's case as he missed the second straight or his second straight practice with what the team is calling a minor injury. Jake, we don't really know much about Mixon's status, but it it is a little worrisome now. The fact that he wasn't even out there for practice. AJ Green was out there every single day when he was out with that hamstring. Same goes for T Higgins. Alex Redmond's been out there. You know, so the fact that Joe isn't even out there at all uh, is a little weird to me. Carlos Dunlap also didn't practice. Neither did Carl Lawson. Both got work in on the rehab field. And then some other guys, and this is no surprise here, Sean Williams back on the rehab field getting some work in. Jordan Evans was doing some backpedaling and some things on the rehab field. And guard Michael Jordan missed Wednesday's practice following the birth of his first child. So congrats to Mike. Um, in just a, a quick note for the second straight practice, since Mike was out, we saw Fred Johnson in with the first team at right guard. Probably doesn't mean much, given that Michael Jordan is expected to be back soon. But yeah, Michael Jordan was at right guard. Xavier Suofilo moved over to the left side on Wednesday. How interesting is it that Billy Price isn't the guy getting the shot at either guard position? And instead of giving him a chance, they are opting to play Fred Johnson at right guard, not left guard, and moving Xavier Suofilo. I know Xavier Suofilo had a lot of experience at left guard in Dallas last year, but man, if if Billy Price can't get on the field with the ones when you know that Mike Jordan is going to have a day off and instead that opportunity goes to, to Fred Johnson, something is wrong with Billy Price and or the way this coaching staff works with Billy Price. They clearly don't trust him and, and maybe he's struggling in some aspects, but it just doesn't seem like he ever really had a chance in these last two years coming off of injury for a couple of those years this year, healthy. And regardless of that behind Fred Johnson on the right guard depth chart, apparently. So doesn't (laughs) bode well for him. And I, I, I echo your concerns. I think with Joe Mixon, Carlos Dunlap, et cetera, you would like to see those guys get back out there sooner than later the longer these things linger, the more our our ingrained paranoia starts to take over. You saw it with A.J. Green, right? And he was fine the whole time. That could be the case for Joe Mixon, too. But, you know, you, you, when, when you're not even on the field at all, and Joe Mixon's a guy that is very team first, he'd be out there cheering for his guys and talking 
And that's the kind of guy Joe Mixon is. If he's not out there, then then you do wonder a little bit. Is it a contract thing? Mm-hmm. I doubt it. But maybe it's probably just a minor injury that we, we heard it was. And maybe he has something else to tend to or something he was doing in the stadium. But uh, it puts off like the, the, the tiny little alarm bells that, that Bengals fans just have ingrained in them from years and years of the same crap happening. Can I speculate without reporting and preface it by saying that so people don't freak out when I say what I'm about to say? Is that okay, Jake? Uh, sure. I think you've done a good job of saying this is not reporting. This is this is a podcast is what, speculation yeah. from James Rapine. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. It's just talking right now. If I'm Joe Mixon and negotiations on this long-term deal are not where I want them, and I'm not going to name any numbers, but let's just say it's really low. Let's just say it, you feel like you're millions of dollars apart. And we know what the new CBA is like, and you cannot sit out at all. You can't hold out because if you do, you don't accrue a full year. And you tweak your ankle or you tweak your calf. Do you do you play that up a little bit? I'm, and I'm not saying he is. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if you're Joe, you have zero leverage. And if you happen to tweak something, maybe that is your only leverage. And I, I don't know that that's the case. And I, in fact, I would doubt it is. But it, it to say it, it wasn't on the minds of you know some of the people that cover the team i think that's uh that that would be a stretch because i think it was it doesn't mean it's the case we could see him out there on thursday and he might practice thursday you know maybe he was just getting treatment or maybe they didn't want him to and aj did this multiple times last week did his rehab inside the stadium so that the media couldn't see it uh which is is certainly a possibility or so he could get in the for treatment and not be on his feet for two hours. So there could be a, a multiple things behind it there. So I don't want to just say that, that that's a possibility because anything's possible. And I doubt that's the case, but uh, I figured I would speculate for a second because this uh, is the locked on Bengals podcast and we can speculate here. Right, Jake. I mean a little bit and, and it is a possibility. I think it's okay that we speculate as long as we say that it's speculating and we did. So it's fine. And I also doubt it. I, I don't see this as a kind of thing that Joe Mixon would do. I think that, he he's just going to go out there and play. And if he doesn't get a deal, he doesn't get a deal. But Bengals fans love hanging on Joe Mixon's tweets, right? He does. There's a cryptic tweet every day. And, <laughs> and to add to the crypticness of Joe Mixon, now we don't even know what he's doing during practice today. So very interesting stuff to keep an eye on. Also, just to touch on the players you mentioned on the rehab field, positive, very positive for Sean Williams and Jordan Evans to already be out there especially with Jordan Evans going off on the cart, that had to be a little bit scary for him as he's fighting for a roster spot. So he's working his way back. That's great. And let's talk about AJ Green a little bit here, James. He's back with the team, not doing 11 on 11s yet, but you have certain journalists, certain, certain media members following the team to say, you know what? We'll see it. We'll see it for week one. I've seen all (laughs) I need to see. This is a recurring theme with AJ Green. And uh, how about we see him in pads in 11-on-11s like just once before we declare him ready to go for week one? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen everything I need to see. That's that's BS. I need to see him in full pads. Uh, honestly, me personally, I wouldn't mind if he got hit once or twice. And I don't think he's going to. I don't think, uh, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, I, I don't really expect him to, to get hit during the, the scrimmage on Sunday. But I wouldn't mind it. The dude hasn't played since December 2nd, 2018. He can look great in shells, which is what they wore Wednesday. But to your point, full pads, get hit, bounce up. 
get that back. I think that matters. Um, but he did look good. He looked good. He, he wasn't running full speed at any point on Wednesday, though. And I don't want to act like he was. He was maybe 80%, um, it, which most of – look, when you're going through individual drills, it's basically a warm-up. You stretch, yeah. you do your individuals. It's warming up for 11 on 11. So he went through his warm-up and didn't do the, the team stuff. But he did look good and uh, had a one-handed catch, which was nice. Um, so he, he does look like AJ. But to say we've seen all we need to see, well, we haven't. Not even close. Let's get a couple full padded practices in before the season starts. Especially, yeah, you mentioned the full speed part. Like, let, let's get a chance to, to see some of that as well. Speaking of one-handed catches, Auden Tate, there's a cool video of him with a nice little reaching with his off arm. I don't know. It's a weird-looking one-handed catch, the way that receivers like to show off sometimes in a receiver drill. And Auden Tate was the guy that went in for A.J. Green with the ones. It was Tate, Ross, and Tyler Boyd. And speaking of Ross, as as we continue to gloss over Tyler Boyd's name because we already – I mean, nothing interesting happens with Boyd, right? Like he's just a solid, steady contributor in these practices. He, he hasn't been injured at all. So let's talk about Ross, who's the other guy back from injury. Sounds like he had a pretty nice day but did have a little bit of an injury scare coming down hard on his left arm. He went up in double coverage uh, on the sideline for a ball, and I didn't think he was going to get near it, and he did actually get close to it, and he landed awkwardly on that left side. And at first, I thought his shoulder w- was hanging. <laughs> it was really scary. At first, I was like, oh, crap. And, you know, Ben Baby, myself, uh, I, I forget who else is over there. I think Jeremy Rao, well, we're all looking and like, oh, that doesn't look good. And, and then suddenly, and I don't know what happened. I haven't talked to John. But suddenly he was able to use that left arm and he, he dropped his bandana and he picked it up. And I actually tweeted out a video of that. Mm-hmm. Then he talked with trainers briefly. Then he went over on the far side of the field and, and talked with trainers some more. And they were really working on that forearm area, like his lower forearm area close to his elbow. And he came back out with a sleeve and he played 11 on 11 again. And he caught the, the very first play and maybe they dialed it up for him because of that. Uh, he caught a nice comeback or beat LaShawn Sims. Joe Burrow threw it right over Von Bell. It was a really nice connection. And he ended up having three catches after his injury during team drill. So uh, I think he's good. You know, he's probably going to be a bit sore on Thursday. But it looks like uh, he avoided any kind of serious injury. Because like I said, it was just an awkward landing. And that's the last thing you want to see. Especially, it wasn't like they were tackling in live there. So uh, it, it looks like he avoided uh, anything serious. Yeah, especially with his history of shoulder issues. You, you, when you mention the shoulder, it's it's really scary, right? So if it's not the shoulder, I immediately feel better about it. Even if it is like an elbow injury that he needs to take a day off for, I feel much better about the fact that he went back out. And, and that immediately tells you, like, they're not going to risk him if, if he has an injury that they think he's going to aggravate in 11-on-11. 11 11. So good for Ross to to get out there and get through it all today. And you mentioned Von Bell's name. I want to throw a quick audible out there and and shift to Von Bell right before we get into what Jesse Bates had to say, which which mostly focuses on Joe Burrow anyway. And and uh, we'll get to this little bit of statistical analysis on Von Bell in just a minute. Before we get there, today's show is also brought to you by Roman. And Roman knows that talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. 
Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying stuff like I lost my mojo, or we just avoid it altogether. I'm tired. I had a bad day at work. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe a real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. You can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of your own home with Roman. A healthcare professional will work with you and find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And all you got to do is go to roman.com slash locked on NFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NFL. Getroman.com slash locked on NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, James, before we get to a couple defensive players that have offered more praise for Joe Burrow, which is something that I can't get enough of, I want to talk a little bit about Von Bell, who I think is, I'm going to preface all this by saying, I think Von Bell is a really good player, and I think that he will be used correctly in Luana Rumo's defense for the most part. However, last year, in 2019, Seth Walter has a chart that he put together from Next Gen Stats that takes CPOE on one axis and target rate on the other axis. And Von Bell, when aligned at a safety, taking all the safeties in the NFL that had a minimum of 300 coverage snaps when aligned at safety, so I'm assuming this means like eight plus yards off the line of scrimmage was targeted by far the most out of any safety in the NFL. Not only that, he gave up one of the worst rates of CPOE allowed, which is completion percentage over expectation, meaning passes into his coverage were completed more often than expected of any safety in the NFL. In fact, only haha Clinton Dix, who was targeted less than half as often as Von Bell gave up a CPOE that was worse than Von Bell in 2019. So, James, I bring this up because we talked a little bit about fitting a pass over Von Bell in the last segment. You you mentioned Joe Burrow throwing a pass to, to John Ross. And so the question is, where is Von Bell aligning when they're out there in 11 on 11? A few different spots. One, you're right. Anytime I've noticed Bell this, really this camp, it's been on a run play. Like, for example, Wednesday, he was in the box and he blew up a run play to Gio uh, on the the left side, right off of uh, Xavier Suofilo, who was was the left guard on Wednesday. Um, Normally, it is closer to the line of scrimmage. He's around the line of scrimmage. He's he's moving from what I've seen. Again, it it is hard to see, and I've said that on different podcasts. It is hard to see alignments and things but when i've seen him you said within eight yards i'm assuming i don't know what exactly the definition of aligned as safety is here but i think a lot of times it's it's are you in the box or are you off the line of scrimmage i've seen him in the box a lot and And, and that's what you expect 
in in yeah now that you've brought it up uh, specifically i'm going to look for that on thursday now uh in moving forward because look it's one thing to go out and get these free agents it's another to use them and put them in a position to succeed and the last thing you would want is them to be playing him in a position where he clearly didn't succeed last year in New Orleans, specifically when, uh, or especially when you have a guy like Jesse Bates who yeah. can cover and is known for that and should be that free safety. So I've noticed them a lot around the box, but uh, I'll pay uh, extra close attention to it over the next few days and make sure that's the case. You mentioned Jesse Bates, and Jesse Bates talked to the media today. He's also on this chart. He's targeted quite a bit. But it wasn't necessarily to offense's benefit to target him. Only a few safeties in the NFL gave up a better CPOE allowed than Jesse Bates last year. He's right in the same company, a little bit better than Minka Fitzpatrick was. And the only guys that were better with, again, that minimum of 300 coverage snaps at safety in this particular metric are Juan Thornhill, Eddie Jackson, Rodney McLeod, and Earl Thomas, who is no longer a Baltimore Raven. So... Jesse Bates, pretty good free safety. He talked to the media today, James, and he said that Joe Burrow is advanced in the way that he processes defenses and the ways that he's been able to move Jesse Bates with his eyes and the ways that he progresses through his reads. And again, these are specific, targeted, little praises, phrases, whatever you want to call them, that make me think that at multiple levels, people are seeing Joe Burrow doing a fantastic job in this training camp. And not just that, he, he also talked about uh, his swagger, which is another thing that a lot of people co- comment on. And here's the funny part. Jesse Bates's mom noticed this. He said, quote, I was talking to my mom the other day and she was talking about an interview he did about not being nervous. Have you guys ever seen him nervous? I thought that was very funny. And, and, and he said, you know, it's obvious Joe has that confidence in himself and, and he, he does. And it's it's pretty telling when you have the same thing said over and over again, th- that it rings true. And, and I thought this was interesting since we're on the topic of, of Burrow praise. Mike Daniels was on 700 WLW with Lance McAllister on Tuesday night. And Daniels compared the the way Burrow ca- carries himself to the way Rodgers carried himself. He said, quote, Burrow is a pro. He is truly a pro. He commands that offense. He commands respect. And quite frankly, I get excited to line up across from him at practice. I love seeing that. You're talking about an eight-year, nine-year veteran now in in a guy like Daniel. Seven years he spent with Aaron Rodgers, one with Matthew Stafford, and now he's got Burrow. And that's – that's a really high praise from a guy like that. It's great to hear it from Bates too, because I think Bates is experiencing experiencing it on the field. But I, I think it's pretty telling when a guy like Mike Daniels has noticed it over the past 10 days or so. Yeah, you got guys that have experience in the league talking about the way he carries himself on offense or talking about the way that he's making checks. The coaching staff is talking about the fact that he's asking the questions the right way. He's putting the work in. The guys on defense are talking about his swagger, talking about, how they're making it, how he's making it hard on them, talking about his ability to manipulate coverages, how quickly he processes information. And it's just, I mean, it's music to our ears, right? And and again, this is something that I don't think I've really experienced while following this Bengals team. This level of praise 
for a quarterback coming in, especially as a rookie, and you guys are probably sick of me saying this by now, but every time I hear another tidbit like this, I just get more excited for the season to start. And Joe Burrow today in, in camp, he had a little bit of a rocky day by all accounts, but he finished the day strong, going seven for his last eight in 11-on-11 drills. And, I mean, it's kind of ho-hum at this point. The hype train has taken off, and, and instead of really focusing on the amazing throws or the stats, and I, I didn't really see much about any great throws he made today, so so maybe he didn't, but I, I'm really enjoying hearing some of these things from other players on the team. And here's why Wednesday was different, because instead of taking a whole practice to recover from a down day after the first couple of team periods, Burrow was able to do it mid-practice. And he was able to bounce back. And, and it started with that comebacker to Ross on the far side. He was able to hit him there. And that was the first of six straight completions in that seven of eight stretch. He completed three balls to Ross during that stretch, completed three balls to Tyler Boyd during that stretch, had a nice completion over the middle to CJ Uzama over the hands of multiple defenders, tight window throw, Uzama dove. Uh, to make the catch and it was right where it needed to be uh, so if there was a great throw of the day that one was probably it not many downfield shots but overall he was able to rebound and look you're gonna have your off days and he's gonna have to you know learn how to respond and I, I think he did that on Wednesday which is a good sign can I just say how much I miss the preseason right now I was <laughs> I was talking to Joe about this the other day because every now and then Joe and I still talk football. And, and I was right when I was doing that 53, man, I was like, hey, Joe, can I get your opinion on this? And he sends me two GIFs. He's like, I'm retired. He sends me two GIFs expressing his, his state of retirement. So, no, I didn't get Joe's feedback on my 53, man. But we, I did talk about, man, I miss preseason. We, we have no idea what these guys look like. We have no idea what the coaches are thinking. We can't see how they're using these guys. We, we, we don't have fans giving us video at camp and you guys can't give us video at camp because it's illegal. And as, as an external observer who likes to, and, and I haven't been restricted in the past by my proximity to the team because there's so many people that go and they get that video from camp and, and the preseason games, you can watch the all 22 and it's it's hard this year to to do what I want to do. Like when I put my fifty three man projection together, I'm guessing because I it's all based on reports. None of it's based on observations, and I just I missed the preseason. I never thought that I would miss the preseason, and I, I was in favor of cutting down the preseason. I still am, but I'm not in favor of eliminating the preseason. I, I think well, I, that the, I think that I would like to see there still be one or two games. Sure. I, I think one or two games is is reasonable in no preseason combined with the weird training camp yeah. where media is at a distance. There are no fans that there's less and less ways to, to see what's going on. I think all that combined has really been the perfect storm in a bad way when you're talking about camp coverage. And, you know, we're trying. It's just there's there's certain things we can do and certain things we can't do. And it's not the Bengals fault. It's COVID-19's fault as much as anything. And and. You know who loves it, though, James, is NFL coaches, who I am convinced, and I said this on Twitter, and I don't remember who made the joke. It's not a Jake Lisko original, but NFL coaches, if they had it their way, the games wouldn't be on TV because then they could keep all their secrets. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as the Bengals continue to work toward their 
Game 3 preseason simulation scrimmage is coming your way this weekend. Until then, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.